You know why I keep bringing up the last scene of Eight Mile, the Eminem movie? How many people have seen that movie? Great. The last scene, they go into the battle, he makes fun of himself the whole time because it leaves the other person with nothing. The leverage is in being accountable of everything. The leverage is exposing your weaknesses. I proudly talk about passing on Uber twice, being a DNF student. You know, I proudly talk about my shortcomings, right? I can't wait for more bad things to happen. I mean it, because I will talk about them because what, you're so perfect? This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Today's episode is a mashup around mindset that a YouTube page called The Mulligan Brothers made for Gary and the team. Enjoy it and let us know what you thought on social media for a chance to intro a future podcast episode. Gary V up next. You don't want to jump because you're worried if you lose what people are going to say, starting with your parents, your friends, your contemporaries. My ability to not truly, truly care about other people's opinions has been the foundation of my happiness. I respect people's opinions. I just, I just don't care about their judgment of me. I have flip-flopped about project management at VaynerMedia like so many times and I don't worry if somebody here is like, make a decision or like, you're stupid or like, what the or why are we always changing, like, go work at gray advertising. If there's anybody that ever looked like you that made it, then there's no excuse, yeah. is because I believe it. You know, it's really hard, you're in an argument and the, your friend tells you, that's great, Gary, but both my parents were alcoholics and that really me up, right? Now you're on the defense, that's a good first punch by them. I'm like, cool, we don't need to use me. If anybody has ever been successful that had two alcoholic parents, which by the way, I know of three, well then, now what's your excuse, Karen? We are just so interested in blaming everybody else and excuses, because we don't want to take on responsibility. And somewhere a long time ago, I went completely, I only take, do you know I think everything is my fault? Like, all of it? Like, I think it's weirdly cloudy outside right now and not nice out, my fault. Like, his scar, my fault. Like, I just default into my fault. And everybody tries to do everything else the other way. And let me tell you how good life becomes when you take on responsibility. It gets real good. Uh, some of you, and there's a lot of you that follow me, you know why I keep bringing up the last scene of Eight Mile, the Eminem movie? How many people have seen that movie? Great. The last scene, they go into the battle, he makes fun of himself the whole time because it leaves the other person with nothing. The leverage is in being accountable of everything. The leverage is exposing your weaknesses. I proudly talk about passing on Uber twice, being a DNF student. You know, I proudly talk about my shortcomings, right? I can't wait for more bad things to happen. I mean it, because I will talk about them because what, you're so perfect? I'm inspired, YouTube. We're gonna make this the episode thing. You'll get whatever you want, Tyler, but this is the core of it. You just saw it on stage. Oh, sorry. You just saw it on stage. Dying on your sword is better than dying on someone else's. So many of you are doing things, making decisions, and navigating your lives based on somebody else's thesis. You're doing it because you think it's the right thing because your dad's telling you it's the right thing. You're doing what you're doing right now because you're pandering to your boss even though you don't believe in it.
All the things you may be worried about, left, right, up, down, there's never been a better time to be alive in the human race than right now. Medicine, life expectancy, poverty, every issue we have, better. You know, the best people to talk about what's going on in America are 90 year olds, they on everybody. <laughs> They're like, it's bad, ah, pff. My, I, this woman made me laugh so hard. This like 92 year old woman stopped me in the street. She's like, keep doing what you're doing. I'm like, thank, I mean, she looked like 190. <laughs> I was like, thank you, I gotta talk to her for a second. She's like, and by the way, these women, and she's wrong, but it was still funny. She goes, these women, if I didn't have somebody grab my every day in the office, I was I was like, I get it. I was like, I, was like, I get it. I was like, don't say that in public. She's like, public. I was like, man, 92 is some gangster I'm obsessed with practicality. I'm obsessed with practicality. People think I'm a disruptor or, <laughs> you know, a Nostradamus predictor or right. I'm practical. Facebook and Instagram ads are grossly underpriced. If you go home tonight and Google how to run Instagram story ads and learn how to do that, and then make a video or picture and run Instagram story ads for whatever you're trying to do in life. Become the mayor here, sell some peanuts, kombucha, get people to sign up for your you know, track team. I don't care what. I don't know where the comes from. <laughs> I don't even think you can sign people up for a track team. Anyway, nonetheless. An Instagram story ad will work better than anything else you can do if you care about people 15 to 55. 15 to 45. If you care about people 30 to 75, Facebook works better than anything. Like, all your dreams, whatever that may be, simple dreams like making $400 more a month so you can save it and take your family to Walt Disney this year. All your dreams. Like, The amount of people that are affected by making $200 more a month is staggering. The fact that I know that if you literally stopped listening to me right now, took out your phone, went to Craigslist, went to the for sale section, clicked on the free section within the for sale section, took your car, got up left in the middle of my keynote and picked up eight things, went home, took one picture on your phone, not like in old days where the phone, you take the discount and put in your computer. No, not that, which is, oh, by the way, the old days, you know, 11 years ago. And no, just take a picture of the thing and post it on Facebook Marketplace and post it for 20 to $80 that literally in the next 48 hours, you would have $200 more. I'm obsessed with practicality. Everything I talk about feels so real, it just might take 11 years. And a lot of people don't have 11 years. They don't have 11 years because they're not willing to put in the work to be happy for the rest of their life. They'd rather complain. They'd rather blame somebody else. For me, a purebred entrepreneur, she or he loves the journey, mm-hmm. not the stuff. You know, one of the things I struggle with in the current state of entrepreneurship is a lot of people want the vacations the watches, you know, even even the context of this, you guys have such incredible imagery. I think it's remarkable. Who doesn't want fine things in life? Yeah. But I think that if you're in the game just for the fine things in life, for the bottles and the models and the private planes, I think you're gonna lose. And it definitely is not my definition of an entrepreneur. My definition of an entrepreneur is somebody who can't live without doing their thing and trying to create.
I'm getting more and more intrigued by mindset because I used to think of it as fluffy, like self-help, and now I think of it more as strategy. What's your strategy in life? Somebody asked me um, on Instagram after I posted this, Gary, if the mindset has been skewed, how can you bring it back? And I answered with, by surrounding yourself with people who have the mindset you aspire to. My friends, please understand that mindset is controllable in the same way that all our opinions are controllable. The key is to add more people with optimism and cut people with negativity. It's very, very simple. Now it's very hard to cut people with pessimism, cynicism, and negativity when they are the people that are the closest to you. Parents, siblings, spouse. But the bottom line is, if you're asking the question, I'm gonna give you the answer. The answer is add more people with positivity and optimism and cut people with pessimism and cynicism. Who you surround yourself matters. What content you consume matters. I basically suffocate myself for a long period of my time and created an environment that was based on offense and optimism and now I know no different. Please do the same for you. Make that move. Mold, and I mean mold, your mindset by what you consume and with whom you consume it. You can do anything and all this stuff. Let me just tell you, it's stupid hard. Reality is, most of you are just averagely talented. Right? Like, you're not gonna over-index on anything too crazy. Here's the good news. This is not about how much money you make or how talented you are. This is about being happy. Everybody here, regardless of how talented they are in making money or art or what have you, has that they're super into. You love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Your whole life could be about Michelangelo. (laughs) It could, and here's what really with me. In this internet age, you could have a podcast around Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You could buy Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle memorabilia on Craigslist and Facebook and Etsy and then flip it on a different platform because you're so knowledgeable because that's the pizza eating Leonardo. (laughs) That I'm just fascinated about what happens when you go all in on your passion, you're committed to it, and you use the infrastructure of this. You living your life for 80 years as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle expert, and this is getting funnier (laughs) to me by the second, (laughs) making 83K a year in ads on your podcast, the flip, some miraculous reason somebody paid you $2,000 to go to a Bush League Comic Con thing. (laughs) That person making 62,000 a year being the TMT expert versus them making 77,000 a year being an admin in a company where they hate their life nine to five, that delta is something I will go to the grave on because it is what I want to articulate to everybody the, the unbelievable level of practicality to do around stuff you like and here's the big part. How many people under 40? Let me just start with this group. If you just really took what I'm talking about, became an expert at Facebook and Instagram, really understood, the fact that you could take a leap for two years, move back in home, move in together, cut your expenses, I don't give a The fact that you can do that for two or three years, and if it doesn't work out, you can go back to getting a job, that's nuts. You need to bet on your strengths and don't give a about what you suck at. You're gonna, way too many people in this room are gonna spend the next 30, 40 years of their lives trying to check the boxes of the things that they're not as good at and that you're gonna waste a load of time and lose. I highly recommend auditing yourself or if you have no 
empathy or EQ or self-awareness, then find somebody in your family or friendship that does and let them tell you who you are. And once you believe that, either for yourself or someone else told you, go directly all chips all into that because that is the only possible way, in my opinion, watching from the outside, that is, let me rephrase, that is a very highly likely way of over-indexing because the truth is, if you want to be an anomaly, you've got to act like one. You know, like, and so, that's it, that's what I got. So thanks for having me. Into what you're looking for. I've been giving a lot of thought to kind of just watching what I'm seeing out there in the social, digital ecosystem, and very honestly, just real life. And I'm watching so many people over the last two to three years look for negativity, look for something that's wrong, find where people disagree with them, fight, look for woe is me, downside, half glass empty. And, and then I go to a Twitter search or look around the world and I find ridiculous beautiful things every day. Every day, thousands of kind acts randomly by people. All people that I have conversations with who see the opportunities, whether it's in business like voice and AR or crypto or whatever it may be. Just this amazingly interesting thing that I feel the majority of you are looking for the wrong. While there's plenty of wrong and plenty of right in the world, it comes down to one very simple thing. What are you choosing to look for? Because I promise you, if you right now, and I'm making this video for one reason, 24 hours of trying to find the good. Somebody saves a kitten, somebody opens the door, somebody does a nice thing for you, somebody says thank you. 24 hours of looking for positivity could change your life. Honestly, making this for one, person, one. One person watches this video, chooses to do 24 hours of looking for good instead of looking for bad, and their game changes. DRock heard somebody at a convenience store saying, mom, you're always so negative. You're always so negative. I am blown away by the fact that life gets real simple if you break down into this. Are you looking for the negative? This sucks, this government sucks, this person sucks, this is Or are you looking for the positive? She's nice, that's remarkable, I've got this opportunity. You choose what you're looking for because what you look for, you find. That's how life works. In entrepreneurship is there is way too much fodder brought to the idea. Uber was Magic Cab three years earlier. Uber is not an idea. Uber existed. It's called Magic Cab. But the guys that executed it sucked. So they lost. So I think you know, if there's any level of romance left in this room about your idea, I'd like to suffocate it. Because I think the actual situation is what you actually do with it. I think that that's what's amazing about anything, which is there's many different, uh, many different uh, definitions. For you, uh, you know, go out, work your face off, win, and reward yourself with something is exactly right. For me, the reward is pouring more of the dollars and energy into the company, not buying stuff for myself. It's one and the same. Yeah. It's one and the same. To me, I, I think it's amazing if somebody wants to buy an Armani suit or a $5,000 pair of a belt or a diamond ring for 100000 I don't, but that doesn't mean that's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. What I'm doing with that same 100000 instead of a ring is I'm hiring two more people because I'm trying to buy the jewelry company, not a piece of the jewelry. Number one thing that scares me in life is regret 
I really, really, really don't want to be on my deathbed, whether that's tomorrow or when I'm 97 and think, oh, I should have done that. I should like that's that spooks me. Right. Like hard work, people judging me, leaving, you know, trolling me on social media, like all the stuff that normal people worry about. I don't worry about. Okay. I worry about regret. And so I'm trying to squeeze the, everything out of my life. And so, yeah, I do a lot. In today's world where everybody can win, that means that everybody can win, which means you have to be better than ever before to break through. Everybody's got a hot take on the Drake Pusha debate. Everybody's got a hot take on the Golden State Warriors and LeBron. Everybody's got a hot take on Ben Simmons and Kendall dating. Everybody's got a hot take on Roseanne Barr. In that world where you're gonna have to be better at content and distribution. And so yes, it is hard. And I always tell people, they're like, man, it's so hard. I'm like, at least you have a chance. In 1982, if you weren't picked by somebody and one of the 17 people that got to have an opinion, you weren't hurt. I was really unusual Eastern European immigrant that came during that time. Every one of my friends, uh, every one of my parents' friends' kids were straight A students because education was the way out. If you go to Instagram literally right now and look at my account, Gary B-E-E, two posts ago I posted my high school report card because nobody believes me, uh, but I was a straight DNF student. Um, somewhere around fourth grade, I realized that Saturn was not going to impact my life and I didn't care about it. And so, <laughs> self-awareness is a son of you know, and, 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 and honestly, besides health, for everybody in this room, I wish you self-awareness because once you understand who you are, you can do a lot of damage. All of us suck at a lot of stuff. All of us are good at a lot of stuff. The game is to figure that out. I, through good parenting, through circumstance, through who knows really what, got very self-aware very early in my life. And listen, at 13, you know, listen, it was tough for my friends' parents to say I was a loser because I got D's and F's. It wasn't fun for my teachers to say that I wasn't going to amount to anything. Here was my biggest problem. I was 13 years old. I was making $3,000 a weekend selling baseball cards. I had $47,000 in cash under my bed, and I wasn't selling weed. I thought I was amazing. Love your advice is geared to like college grads. Yep. But I'm old, I'm 40. What would you like, what would your voice advice be for someone who's 40 but starting out where most of your audience is starting out when they're 20 or 30? Well, it's interesting, no joke, I don't know if you saw this, I literally posted a video today to 47 year olds. Like, I did not see that yet. So, uh, to me, everybody's going through different things, you know, I, to your point, in the last eight, 12 to 18 months, I found myself producing a lot more content to youth than I have in the past, which was usually to more 40-year-old business people. Um, look, I think the biggest thing with 40 to 50 is that it's now you've lived life and you're still young as and you're like, now what, right? You have like an entire second life to live and it's a very interesting time in people's lives where they have to be really retrospective of like how self-aware are they but honestly, I think 40's young, man. I really, really do. And so I would say a lot of the advice I give to 20-year-olds maps pretty well to 40-year-olds, which is, you know, take some risks. You've tasted some stuff. You know, happiness is the ROI. And so, 
you know, figure out what makes you happy. Is it the pursuit of money or is it actual money? Do materials make you happy? If materials make you happy, is that really just insecurity and you need to have, you know, a BMW to make yourself feel good? Like, what's making you tick? But I would say the biggest thing that I would tell any 40-year-old is you've got 50 years to live. Please get the I'm finished or I up. Like, eliminate dwelling because you're just starting. I really believe that, by the way. This is not some motivational rah-rah. I just think it's true. I just think you've got 40 adult years to live. That's 20 more than you've lived. There's just so much opportunity. Just uh, launched a, so, a platform for connecting companies with social media influencers. Okay. Like a Tinder self-direct and I thought I had kind of a unicorn. And now when kind of exploring the world, I say, okay, there's a lot out there. Oh, everybody's but doing it. But we're kind of late here yeah. in this part of the world. Yep. So here I captured the market really well in a short time. That's awesome. But I wonder how my, my dreams about internationalization and getting global and making it scalable, making it bigger, what advice would you give to me for that? Well, a couple things. First of all, how big is it in the market that you're winning in? It, it, the biggest thing that, you know, like unless you're doing seven, 10, 12 million dollars in the Nordics, you should not be thinking about Eastern, Western Europe, US. Too many people, like every word out of your mouth is the that I was just taught, like scalable what? Like I, we're just all caught up in building billion dollar, it's so stupid. Like how big is your company? How much, are you doing over a million no, euros we in revenue? It, we, have a, we are pre-revenue, we, yeah, I mean, we just launched it. Until you mm. make money, you yeah. shouldn't be worried about global. No. So you I mean, say like, local markets go that way? Mm. VaynerMedia did $75 million in revenue profitably before I thought about even going to London. Okay. Everybody's caught, listen, I'm telling you, all of you, you're caught up in propaganda. You're not thinking about it smartly. You make no money. And you're sitting here worried about winning globally and you haven't even started winning locally. You understand? Yeah, I'm just thinking like is partnership the way to go? Somebody that are all No, there the way to go no? is to not think about it at all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Yeah. I think there's an enormous amount of confusion in the system for 28 year olds about where they are in life. I think the- Yeah, co- I, that's, that's my biggest problem I've been having lately. And that's, I've been watching a lot of you and watching a lot of your videos and a lot of things that you do and all kinds of other stuff. And it's helped me kind of come out and Realize, you know, my time is, is when I ever find it. I got my own clock. A hundred, bro, honestly, no joke. I feel like you're closer to 2.8 years old than the way you think about 28. Like, you've got 60 years of execution in front of you. That's like two full lives, more of execution. And and the problem with 28 is 28's a tricky thing. 28's tricky. 28 is too many people up because I'm telling you that looking at 30, like, wait a minute, it's like, oh, 30's here, shouldn't I quote unquote have my life together? You know, and then at 28, you got, you know, five to 50% of your friends that you went to high school or college with that are like, you know, getting married, having, you know, get getting somewhere in their life, da da da. Don't let anybody else's clock, you know, dictate your game. Like at, you know, 28 is early as Dude, honestly, brother, I'll shoot straight to you. I'm 42 years old and I swear on everything I've got. I feel like I'm just starting and everything that people think I am and what I've accomplished and all that is in my own head because I'm like, I haven't even started. So imagine what I think about you at 28. I've hit that kind of quiet crescendo moment where like it just, I'm so in tune with like putting out content, 
putting it out there, letting you guys consume it, reading your feedback in this viral loop and just feels like I'm in that zone. And every day I wish for you guys out there in the world to find that same zone. And so look for that thing, find that thing. And for me, this community is that thing. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much. Have the best, best rest of the weekend. Have the best summer. Flip, start things, produce content, but most of all, listen. You know, the audacity that everybody wants likes and comments and subscribers, but doesn't want to then do for them what they want in return to selfishness of like, give me vanity metrics and social and content and digital. Yet, the key is if you listened and cared about those individuals as much as what you wanted from them in likes and subscribers, everything would be different. Please do not take things for granted. And most of all, do not take your community for granted because it is the foundation of your opportunity in this digital world. My entire career, what, what allows me to be here today, what allows me to dream and be audacious about owning a professional football team is very simple. I chase underpriced attention. I chase properly priced attention and I completely punt overpriced attention. Simple. I know that everybody in this room does things for eight to 10 hours a day, every day of the day, of the week, the month, the year, on things that no longer bring as much value as it did six, nine, 14 years ago that helped you get to this point. I know that there's somebody in this room that if they started a B2B podcast, I know that if somebody in this room who had never thought about producing content or media, if they started a podcast, which they don't even have the beginnings of a thought of how to do that right now, but the good news is you literally go to Google and you type in, how do I start a podcast? I know that if somebody here started a podcast for this industry and put out an episode every week and interviewed a thought leader in this industry, that even though only 700 to 1500 people would listen to it, because it's obviously very niche in its content, that it would be the differentiator of growing their business, that it would lead to lead gen, that there are people that they're trying to chase to get the account that in turn a year later would be chasing them to be a guest on the show, which then would inevitably lead to them getting the business. My friends, please understand over the next period of time as I talk to you about some of these nuances that I am not a technologist, that had I not been in business that I wouldn't want to have necessarily an Instagram or Snapchat or LinkedIn account. It doesn't come natural to me. It's not necessarily what I want. What I want is to sell stuff. What I want is to run a successful business. What I want is to win. And to me, if you sit in this room and you do not realize how extreme the internet technology revolution actually is, you become vulnerable. if I can suffocate all of you today to take 25% of your take-home income this year and pour it back into two people who do video and written word and put it into Facebook and Instagram ads, literally all of you will email me 24 months. Actually, if you can start right away, literally 25% of you are going to come to me this time next year right here and be like, holy I've been listening to your stuff for seven years. Your keynote was different in Miami last year at this time. I listened, I said I don't need to go to Ibiza three times this year. 
I don't need to buy a better BMW this year to make me feel good with the neighbors. I don't need another pair of Supremes or Yeezys. I took the money and I put it into Karen, the film woman, and Rick, the ad guy, and now my business is 2X. This will 100% work. Even if you suck on camera, have zero charisma, are only eight days in the industry, this will work because it is such underpriced attention that the ROI will work. That if you're a two in skill, the ads are a 20 in the 10 point scale and it closes the delta of you being average. If you literally, literally, and I've said this for seven years, if you literally, literally go interview the guy who owns the gym in town, the guy who owns the pizza shop, the woman that owns the insurance brokerage, if you literally, literally, literally just interview your local community that you become the local newspaper in three minute video form on your phone, you don't even need to hire D-Rock or Babin or Iris, your phone, if you literally take it, selfie it, and interview the principal of the school in your neighborhood, you will become the local celebrity who can then transact on whatever you're trying to sell that group. If you bring value to people, if you interview the best high school basketball player, literally just that, your business will change. Or if you literally just give the advice of how you got here, what you learned, if you shared your thoughts, if you do not understand that you were a media company, that you will not be as successful as you are today in a decade. And that's not interesting when the alternative is you're four to seven times bigger. The stake, guys, you have to understand what happened to Blockbuster and Netflix, what happened with Uber and taxi companies, what happened with hotels versus Airbnb is happening with you as a human in your business. And so when you have the best hand and you know it because you've been paying attention and you know how to play poker, you go all in. Everybody here is playing Facebook, Instagram, social media, YouTube, podcasting, like they have the best hand and they're calling. And you're not goading them into getting all the money. You're just folding. And that's this audience. So can you imagine what I feel is going on outside this stadium? So this is a call to action for everybody to do me one favor, and I do think I can get a lot of you to do it, which excites the out of me. Please, right now, listen, maybe you've laid out money, maybe you're in the middle of a renovation, maybe you're pay- paying for your kid's college, mazel tov, I know there's nuances on everybody's life. But if you are in a position where literally your take home income this year is literally the stuff you're gonna go and do things with, please, from 25%, to 90% if you can go humble. Please take that money and hire two people to make a lot more content for you about you and your business and please give the rest of the money to Facebook and YouTube and Instagram and I fundamentally promise you, you will walk here to this conference next year and personally thank me emotionally because your business will change and I know not one of you has gone all in. Content every day for nine years before it started really happening. It's not sexy, it's just basic, but it works. And you've got got craft. And there's a lot of people that have craft. So you have to chip, 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 chip. 
I, you know? One day, one post, something cool, and somebody cool, Drake sees it, does it, and everything changes. Yeah. But you have to do it every day to have that moment. That guy or gal is also the same person that I want to reach to sell a bottle of wine or a book to. And that space in his and her Facebook feed is only one space. So that is supply and demand. I used to buy that space four years ago for a dollar for every thousand impressions. Now it's seven. The longer you think this world doesn't exist and you fear monger it, the longer you don't put money in, the longer I can extract all the value. I've lived this game. I'm not a hero because I took it from three to 50 million, 60 million in my dad's business. I actually am a schmuck. I should have spent more on Google. I had it figured out. Every time you typed in Cabernet, Merlot, Silver Oak, Camus, Napa, Bordeaux, I was showing up first because nobody realized it was good real estate and it was only costing me five or 10 cents a click and I was making between seven and $80 in profit for something that was costing me $3 to get you through the funnel on the average of 60 people coming and one converting. I was stupid, I'm being serious with you. I stand here and have passion about LinkedIn and Facebook marketing in a B2B environment today out of regret for what I did from 2002 to 2005 because I should have spent more. It was basic math, but I just didn't understand because I was young in my career and it just, I don't even know how to explain it to you. When it's too good to be true, it's too good to be true, right? I'm an immigrant, I was cynical, I just didn't, plus I also thought it was important to do direct mail and local commercials and magazine, I was doing it all. But in hindsight, it was the great mistake of my career. The great mistake of my career was not spending more money on Google. And I promise you, the great mistake of your accelerated growth for the 80% that just raised their hand is not taking advertising on LinkedIn and Facebook seriously because you don't think your person is on it. I've heard every, guys, I've been doing this for 10 years. I know what your excuse is gonna be. I can't wait to the q and I'm gonna stand here and wanna, but Gary, my, my target person is a 63-year-old man. He's not on it. Of course he's on it. Who do you think is spreading all the Democratic and Republican propaganda on Facebook? Why I make content? The answer is, I don't know. Nobody knows. Yeah. There's no right answer. There's that moment in time. Yeah, I see. This is why I produce content every day. It, you might be watching my content every day. Mm-hmm. And it might be this conversation with us yeah. in the vlog <laughs> that is, you know, that's very meta. This might have been the one. This might have been the one on this day because of a conversation you had last night, because of the, the weather outside, because of a news headline, because of the patterns of how the four Instagram posts came in your feed, yeah. it might just be the time you finally do what you're supposed to do. And I think a lot of people think of it as like quit your job uh-huh. and go do your journey, right? Things you're thinking about, others. I think of it a little bit different. Yeah. Sometimes it's practicality. That's exactly right. Sometimes it's like, mm, I've been doing this nightlife and t-shirt thing for seven years. Why don't I go work for something smart for a year, reset? Mm-hmm. Why don't I uh, go travel? Why don't I sell my home that I don't use 90% of, mm-hmm. take that money, get an apartment, mm-hmm. and then do something with that money? So to me, it's not just like the fancy sizzle of like, yeah. now jump into the rest of your life. It's also like, it's also like audit understand what you need 
break up with yeah. that person, marry that person. Yeah. You know, you know, start your career, mm-hmm. go back to corporate for an hour, aka a year or two, to reset. Like, yeah. you know? I see. Just do. Yeah. It's the indecisiveness. It's the indecisiveness that is the poison. Okay. Because you can always undo. The biggest thing about doing is the undoing that people don't see. Yeah. I'm always like, okay, good. And then like, if you fail, go back. But people don't want the scarlet letter. They don't want the judgment. This is why you have to tune everything out. Because if you can go and judge, start your t-shirt brand or your pin brand or your video blog and it fails, if you just think you can go back to it, well, that sounds cool. Yeah. But if you feel like, oh, but then everybody's gonna clown on me and see, say, like then you're, if you're, if you're pessimistic moms would be like, see, I told you you could never do it. If you can't get over that, yeah. then you're stuck. You just need to figure out how to ride it so it doesn't kill you. And by the way, I mean this, I'm you know, collecting the energy of the room, thinking about what we talked about here. I mean this, I don't think it's bad. If you're not capable or willing to up your game, put in the work, hustle, you should lose. It's how you won. But everybody fights hard for 30 years and then wants to hold up. Athletes, you know, you know what I hate about business that I love about athletes? When you're the best athlete in the world, you get the results. When you get to 36 and a younger lion comes along, you lose. In business, we have this weird that we're supposed to be rewarded at the end. You. I mean it. You. You didn't take this internet serious for the last 20 years. Why the should you be rewarded? I think the biggest obstacle uh, to success is a lack of optimism. That question in itself is the problem, my friend, right? You're looking at two things that are both negatives, and guess what? Both of them are obstacles. When I started winelibrary.com transformation from my business, I had time, I worked my face off every minute, but we didn't have a whole lot of money in our profit center, so it took more time, right? It's just the way it is. Today, I have more money, but boy, don't I have time. But neither, ever, ever will be an excuse for me. And so, just to drill this through the throat of the Vayner Nation, that's right, I went that graphic. Don't smile, D-Rock. Here's the bottom line. I refuse to allow you to get an answer to that question because both of them are firmly square in the excuse column and I have no patience for that. There will always be problems. Let's talk about a million other things that are a way to stop success. The health and well-being of your family members so it takes your mind away from execution. The country you live in's government and political you know, concepts at these moments, a la startups in China that I've invested in that got traction, but then people that were wired into the government decided to not allow it to happen and then the startup disappeared. Not as easy to be an entrepreneur there. It's still a communist country. Sorry, it just is. And so all these things can be problems, right? There's a a competitor with a billion dollars who's also skilled and punches you in the mouth and knocks you out in the first round, right? The world changing. I mean, there's just a million obstacles, right? The media, one bad coverage of you. A, A moment in time. You know what I think about a lot? You know what I think about a lot? Let's get really real. This is why we did this show. I always, I'm a human being, and I always think about a moment in time. What if I just say the wrong thing at the wrong time? 
right? What if I call out China for being a communist country in an episode while I'm on a rant and somebody who's watching doesn't like the way that tastes and it takes away a business opportunity for me in China in seven years, even though I'm not trying to zing, it's just things that I saw. What if, what if, you know, what if, what if I look down on my phone while I'm driving, even though I've really not done that, and I hit somebody and I kill them, and that becomes the story. And they're like, forget about the story about what you think of me. I will never recover from that because I killed somebody because I needed to check a tweet. These are moments in time. So there are so many things that can keep you from being successful, right? The, the people that you invested in, having something bad happen to them, so it slows you down. My friends, there are a million reasons why not, but there's one great reason why, which is you've just gotta persevere, no matter what it is. It's just the way it is. It's hard being an entrepreneur. It's hard building a business. Everybody thinks it's so easy that there's an entitlement, there's a disaster. Zinging China, here comes my US zing right now. There is an insane generation of 18 to 25 year olds right now that think they're entitled to having a business because they saw the social network movie and everybody's decided if you're a kid and you know what tech is, because you used Instagram early on, you're entitled to actually build a business. Building a business is hard. And you know what makes it really hard? Everything that happens every day of every moment. So. You can pick time, you can pick money as the one or two things that you think stop you from winning your game, but the truth is there's a million reasons. 99% of businesses go out of business for a reason and that reason is it's hard. And so, if you're watching this show, I've got a sense of who you are and you need to start creating layers and layers and layers and layers of skin to be able to get through because the glamour of being an entrepreneur the goodness, you know, you get very confused by my optimism because it's my optimism, I can't help it, it's just how I roll, it's probably one of the variable 1% reasons why I'm successful. But please, don't get it twisted. This is hard, every day is hard. And if you don't have the stomach to weather the storm, you will not be successful. And by the way, let me throw you a real weird curveball, and that's okay. People have to look themselves in the mirror and understand if they're a number two, three, four, five, six, seven in an organization that has differences of being a number one, but maybe that's where your skill set sits. Maybe that's how you make your fortunes and happiness and all the things that you're looking for. And so, that question got me going a little bit, Steve, because um, it's under the context of excuses and uh, I will never make an excuse. Everything that's a problem with me, everything I don't achieve, everything that's a problem with VaynerMedia, and everything is my fault. And I, I succumb to that, and I respect that, and I actually think that's the way it should be. Guys, thanks so much for listening to the audio experience. It would mean the world, and I mean the world, if you could go and leave a rating on iTunes. Your word of mouth is my oxygen.